Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are focusing on growing together. It's exciting to know that we can grow in our relationship with Jesus and friendships with one another. Daily, as we abide in Jesus and invite His Word to abide in us, spiritual growth takes place in and through our lives. So what does growing together look like for you in your life and ministry setting? Grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I'm so excited to bring session two from Arkansas Baptist Inspire to you. Just as a reminder, we were talking about flourishing in and through Jesus. We were focusing on John chapter 15. In this session, Dr. Tara Dew is gonna really focus on remaining in Christ and the perseverance that comes as we remain in Christ. Uh, Corey and Stephanie Epps are gonna lead our time of worship. Just as a side note, following the conference, I had several emails and several uh, just questions about how to get the playlist from the day. The worship was so special. It was so meaningful. And so I'm excited to invite you into the room to experience the worship, experience the teaching. And then I want to encourage you, respond in obedience and faith. Uh, what is God calling you to do as a response to his word? Uh, maybe it is salvation. Maybe it is stepping out in faith and obedience. Maybe it's sensing a call to ministry. Uh, it has been overwhelming and exciting to see how God uh, moved in the lives of the women of Arkansas and how the women of Arkansas responded in faith and obedience. And we want to extend that opportunity to you. So as you listen to this content and as you uh, just sense the work of the Lord in and through your lives, reach out to us. We're here to support you in that process. If you receive Christ, uh, we want to know. If you step out in faith and obedience, we want to know. If you, uh, you know, are ready to sense a call to ministry and step out in obedience, we want to be a part of that. We are better together, and I'm so thankful that we can flourish in and through Jesus individually and collectively. So enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. <sighs> Hasn't it been a good day so far? Man, and we still got a little bit left to go, so let's not get too comfortable yet, all right? So uh, before we start this next set of music and teaching. Let's all stand together. We're going to read God's word out loud. This is from Psalm 120. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue, our tongue was shouts of joy. And then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. And this was written right out of time that God had delivered his people out of captivity. And it was just really a testament to the Lord's faithfulness. And is there anybody in this room that can testi like, testify to the Lord's faithfulness today? Amen. Amen. Let's, hey, let's be encouraged today. Some of us are probably, you know, we have just recently come out of a storm. And man, we, we, we can see the Lord's faithful hand at work, but there, it can be true for some of us today that some of us feel like we are still in captivity. Some of us are still in that valley or in that storm, and God is no less worthy of our praise even then, because even when we can't see it, he is still faithful, and we can look back and we can say, the Lord has done great things for us, and because we are God's people, we believe in him, we trust him, and we know that even more great things are to come for us. Amen? Amen. So let's celebrate with that today, okay? Here we go. But let's look alive today, okay? We got to put our hands together. Clap on two and four, all that good stuff. Here we go. <laughs> 
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the
broken, we do. Do you feel the shadows deep in the sun? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do.
Lord. Holy, holy. Every boy.
give him praise to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And Lord, all over this room right now, God, we praise you for who you are and what you have done. God, may our lives be a testimony to your goodness. God, may our lives be a testimony of your faithfulness. And God, may our lives be a testimony of your character. God, may we reflect your image in the way that you have called us to. Knowing that you have already done the work that is sufficient. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to move in power as you are already doing. God, the words that we have sung, the words that we have read so far together. God, may you continue to use them for your glory. May you continue to open our hearts to what you have to say to us today. And God, help us to abide in you. Help us to seek after you. Lord, help us to draw near to you in this moment. Speak to us now. We pray this all in the name of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And all God's people said, amen. Okay, y'all, that song gets me every time. And I'm thinking, I can't start crying up here. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? In 2019, in my biggest pruning season, I also lost my father after a nine-year battle of multiple myeloma. And like I said, um, I was leaving everything that I had loved to follow God. And that was the song that was on repeat on my playlist, Is He Worthy? And my daddy is now in the place where we all long to be one day. Amen. And one day I will see him again, and I will see that lamb who was worthy of opening the scroll. I pray that you have had the most wonderful day. I know that I have. Can y'all help me in just thanking this amazing team who has put this on? You have a team at Arkansas Baptist Women who love you, and they have done an excellent job with this conference. And so what a joy it has been to be here. Open up in your Bibles back to John 15. That's where we're going to be for our last session together as we look at another way that God is calling us to flourish in Him. In the first session, we looked at how God desires us to flourish, but it will come through seasons of pruning. And I've had a chance to talk with a few of you since that first session, and I'm so thankful for your willingness to share with me the ways that God was pruning you. But I know that all of us have experienced a season of pruning, maybe multiple seasons of pruning, but I pray that you can see his love and his wisdom and his purposes in that pruning. Today, we're going to be looking at John 15, 1 through 11 again, but this is our point for the second session, that God desires for us to flourish by abiding in his presence and persevering in his commands. God desires for us to flourish 
by abiding in his presence and persevering in his commands. And I think that we have that on a slide. So maybe there it is. For those of you who are visual learners, there it is. You can write it down. We're going to be looking not only at his pruning, but in his the command to abide and to persevere in his commands. And so that's where we're going for the second session today. But let's read the passage before we get started to remind ourselves of God's word. And then we're going to dive in and look at this point together. John 15, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be given to you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Let's pray. Our God, our Father, our gardener, we pause our hearts once more before you. We acknowledge that you are the King of kings, the one that we just sang about, the one who is worthy, the one that we cannot wait to once again dwell with. And Lord, I am so grateful for this day that we have been able to come away from the distractions, away from our normal responsibilities, and just be with other women, worshiping you and studying your word. And so, Lord, I pray in this time that you do what only you can do, Lord God. Come once again and meet us here. Come once again, and may we encounter Jesus in a way that maybe we haven't before. For those in this room that might not know you, I pray that today is a day of salvation. For those who have been walking with you, but maybe not in full obedience where they are flourishing in you. I pray that today would be that day. And Lord, I pray that you would illuminate your word to our hearts, open our eyes, that we might see your wonderful instruction for us today. And may we leave this place changed. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so in the first session, we looked at God's pruning. And we were really focusing on one member of the Trinity, God the Father, who is our gardener. In the second session, we're going to be looking at the next two pieces of the Trinity, the next two persons of the Trinity, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says here in verse 1, I am the vine. And then he'll go on to repeat that again in verse 5, I am the vine. 
Jesus is talking about himself there. But then he's going to call us to do some things that you and I need the Holy Spirit for. Okay? So we're going to be talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit during this second session. But your first point that I want you to write down is this. By abiding in his presence, we remain in his love. By abiding in his presence, we remain in his love. I don't know if you noticed that I was repeating a word a lot as I was reading this translation. Some of the translations, like mine, might use the word remain. Other words might use the word abide. Others might use the word dwell or stay. If you notice, it's repeated a lot in four verses. As a matter of fact, in verses 1 through 11, you will see that this word repeated seven or eight times, depending on your translation. Now, when the Bible was being written, the authors couldn't make fonts bigger or boldface or underline or do cool, like, italicizing. The way they made a point is they repeated it. Because as humans, we need things repeated to us because we don't get it the first time. And so here, Jesus and John recording it is making a statement to us. And that is this. We are called to abide in Jesus, our vine. Because as branches, if we are not connected to our vine, we have no life. And so what he is saying is abide in me or remain in me. But he'll tell us in verse 9 actually how to do that. Look in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my, what? Love. So what Jesus is telling us here is, do you want to have a life that's flourishing? Stay connected to me by remaining in my love. Abide with me by remaining in my love. And y'all, this is a point that we cannot skip over. God Almighty loves you. Let that sink in for a minute. The same God that with a word spoke all of the universe into existence. He knows your name. He knows the hairs on your head or the ones that fell out on the bathroom floor this morning. Amen? He knows every nook and cranny of you. He knows what you're worried about. He knows the sins of your past, the ones you've made today, and the ones you're going to make tomorrow. And he loves you. He loves you, not with a love that is dependent on your actions, not a love based on a title or a position or even your worthiness. He loves you because he's your creator. He made you in his image and in his likeness, and he delights in you. And ladies, I think that we have forgotten this. And we go about life trying to find love in all the wrong places. Well, that sounds like a song, doesn't it? <laughs> but we do. We look for love and we look for fulfillment in other people. We look for love and our identity and our fulfillment in our jobs or the titles that we have, or the positions that we have, or heaven help us, how many friends we have on Facebook. 
we think, I will be happy when I get this car, I get this job, I get this house, I have this number of children, I'm finally married, fill in the blank. And Jesus says, no, I love you right now. And my love is enough for you. And so what he is telling us here is remain with me by remaining in my love. Now, y'all, sometimes we throw around this word abide. It's a very Christian word, but really I want us to think about what that word means. It carries the idea of staying and dwelling. Now, if you remember at COVID-19, we were all put on a stay-at-home order. Remember for two weeks and we were going to like flatten the curve and COVID was going to be gone? You remember that? Okay, that stay-at-home order is what abide means. It means that you are staying at home with your God. You are dwelling with him. You are remaining with him. The Bible will talk about God like a mother who shelters us under her wings. It's the same idea of abiding. This staying, this dwelling, this remaining. And what he is saying is, you don't have to leave me to find what you're happy for. Stay at home with me. Dwell with me. Remain with me. And y'all, when we know how much he loves us, we won't want to go anywhere else. When we know how much the Father loves us, it's enough that we're not no longer looking for other things to satisfy us. We're not easily swayed by the glittering, the shiny things that are out there because we know that his love is all we need. And so what he is saying here first is, abide in my presence by remaining in my love. Now, I told you I have two sets of twins, but what I didn't tell you is that we also have twin dogs. <laughs> and my youngest dog, her name is Binkley. She is a black and white Boston Terrier. And she has all the energy of a Boston Terrier. And so Buster, her brother, is much more calm and laid back, but Binkley is a bolter. You open that front door and she is gone. So if you ever come to New Orleans Seminary and you see me running, it's not because I love to run. It's because I'm chasing my dog, okay? So we have been working really hard with Binkley on the command of staying. And last week, my son had her sitting by the door, and he would, he had a treat in his hand, and he would say, stay. He'd back up. Stay. He'd back up. Stay. He kept saying stay until he was all the way at the other side, and then he told her to come, and she came running to him. But as he was saying stay over and over and over, it was exactly what Jesus was saying here to his disciples. Seven times. Stay, 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 stay. What he is saying is, you stay with me. You remain in my love. Don't go anywhere else. Don't look for it anywhere else. If you want to have a life that is flourishing, remain in his love. My daughter, Natalie, I can remember when she was a middle schooler, Y'all, middle school is hard. And girls are mean. And I can remember she had had a really hard day where she was feeling really left out. 
and she had been crying, and I had been talking with her and comforting her, and I said, baby, I've got to go make dinner, but you just hang here, and when you're ready, you come on out with us. Well, she wasn't coming, and I had gotten the spaghetti going, and I went back to her room, and all I could hear her doing was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And as I heard her singing, I thought, this is a song that we teach our children, but then we somehow grow up, and we forget. Ladies, I don't know who needs to be reminded, but Jesus loves you, for the Bible tells you so. Maybe we need to bring Jesus loves me back. Maybe we need to sing it every day, because his love is enough for us, for us not to want to go anywhere else, and for us to want to just abide with him. And so, ladies, if you want to have a life that is truly flourishing, yes, there's going to be pruning that comes. But there will be an abiding where you remain in his love. And you know that the vine loves you. That Jesus loves you. And y'all, that changes everything. The second point that I want you to see is this. By abiding in his presence, we show our dependence. By abiding in his presence, we show our dependence. Is that going to be up there, I think? There it is. Okay, so ladies, we are remaining in his love. We're abiding with our vine. But what I want to show you about this is that God is calling us to be dependent on him. We cannot have a life that is flourishing on our own. You cannot live a life that he's calling you to on your own power. And so when we remain with him, when we abide with him, we are depending on him. And he tells us that in verse 4. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Ladies, Jesus doesn't say you can do some things without him. You can do most things without him. He says, you can do no things. Zero, zilch, nada, nothing. No things without him. Ladies, the fact that you woke up this morning shows that your God loves you. The fact that your heart is beating and you've got breath in your lungs mean he loves you, but you're totally dependent on him. The fact that you drove here safely today shows that you're dependent on him. The Bible tells us that he upholds everything by the word of his power. If he stopped, we'd be dead. We have our very existence because he sustains us. But Satan, from the very beginning, has wanted us to believe that we can find life outside of God. As a matter of fact, that's what his lie was to Eve. Did God really say 
And he uses that same tactic with us today. <laughs> you can do this on your own. Did he really say abide in him? Did he really say you could do nothing without him? Look what you're doing. Satan has been having this lie from the very beginning. And y'all, it shows up in different ways with us. Sometimes as women, we feel like everything depends on us. If we didn't do this, it would fall apart. If we didn't have that, it would fall apart. If we didn't do this, who knows what would happen? Y'all, we are not God. God created you finite, which means you have limits. You are not the infinite God with all wisdom and all knowledge and all power. He created you to need food. Praise God. He created you with the need to sleep. And so I don't know who needs to hear this today, but rest is an act of worship. Amen. I see you, my friend. Listen, if he wanted you to be like the Energizer Bunny, he wouldn't have made us this way, but we are finite. We need to sleep, which means there is a time when you need to lay your head on that pillow at night and you say, God... You are God, and I am not. I am laying my to-do list at your feet. I am laying my agendas at your feet. I'm laying all the things that I'm responsible for at, my, at your feet because you don't need sleep. You are God. We are all dependent on you, not me. And so when you lay your head down on that pillow or when you take that bite, what you're saying is, God, I'm dependent on you. You've got this. And I don't have to. Ladies, when he tells us here, and he repeats it twice, I am the vine, you are the branches. What he's saying is, I am God, you are not. I am life, you are not. I have all power, you do not. That's what he's repeating there. And what he is saying is, stay connected to me, be dependent on me, and I will give life through you. I can remember when I was a second grade school teacher. It was the first day of school, and I was so nervous. I had prepared my whole classroom. I had prayed over every chair. I had put their names on everything. And the last thing I had to do was sharpen this box of pencils. And so I got there early. I had my box of pencils, and I got to the pencil sharpener, and I'm just putting the pencil in, and nothing is happening. It wasn't even connected to the wall. It had no power. But y'all, how often do we try to be like the pencil sharpener and jamming the pencils in, and we're not even connected to our power source? You might not be flourishing today because you're not connected to the vine. You might not be living a life where joy is contagious because you're not connected to your vine, or you're trying to do it on your own. And ladies, I want to tell you, when we abide in his presence, we have to remain connected to his love. But also, when we abide, we're saying, oh God, I need you. Every hour, I need you. I am dependent on you. And do you know that God values dependence in scripture? Our society does not. Especially here in America, we want to be independent. We want to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We need to depend only on ourselves. But the opposite is true in God's kingdom. What he says is, our blessed are the poor in spirit, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Being poor in spirit means you are bankrupt without him. You have nothing without him. You are empty without him. And what he is saying is that is the blessed woman in my kingdom. That's the one that I will value. Not the independent one who thinks they've got it all together, but the one who needs me. Think about the story Jesus taught of the two people who went into the temple to worship. One was a Pharisee who lifted his eyes to heaven and he said, Oh God, thank you that I am not like that person. And then the tax collector who wouldn't even lift his head and all he could say was, Have mercy on me, a sinner. And there was one who left that temple justified. And it was not the Pharisee. It was the one who knew his dependence on God. Ladies, think about who you were before you met Jesus. Think about the hopelessness, the shame, the guilt, the brokenness. And think about how he changed your life. Ladies, never forget that you are dependent on him and you stay in his love. Your last point for today is this. By abiding in his presence, we can persevere in his commands. Now, you might think this is a weird one to end on, Tara. I know I'm starting with pruning and I'm ending with persevering. I know it might seem really odd, but God's word is very clear. To flourish and have this joy that is complete, we have to be pruned by God the Father, our gardener. We have to abide in the presence of the Son. And we have to persevere in the commands that he's given us through the Holy Spirit. And so look with me in verses 10 and 12. Verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Look at verse 12. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. Ladies, I don't know if you know what a command means, but a command means it's not a suggestion. It means that our God, who created us and knows us and loves us, wants us to obey. And what he says is, this is my command. Love one another. There are 69 times in the New Testament that love one another, well, one another is said. One third of those have to do with loving one another. This is a big command in Scripture, the one another's, where Jesus is commanding us how we are to treat each other. But Jesus even said, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here in John 15, this is my command, love one another as I have loved you. Now, y'all, there are some people that are just easy to love. The moment they put my children in my arms, it was this most natural love that I had ever had. When I was dating my husband, it was like this overwhelming love that I had for him. And that has just grown as we've been married. But let me tell you, there are some people that are hard to love. Amen? I mean, the people that just drive you crazy, maybe the people that pester you like no end, they just bother you. Maybe they're the, the Velcro people that just kind of like come stick to you all the time. Or 
as I was telling the ministry wives group, the very difficult people, the VDPs of the church, who think they're the VIPs, but they're really the VDPs. And these are the people who think they're doing God a favor by driving everybody crazy and being divisive. But Jesus doesn't say, love one another when you feel like it. He doesn't say, I think that you should maybe love one another when it's convenient. Or love one another when you've had a great day. No, his command is, love one another. That means when you feel like it and when you don't. When you've had a good day and when you have it. When you are tired and when you're well rested. When you've had your coffee and when you have it. Whether your laundry is done or not. Whether you've got a plan for dinner or not. Whether you have a best friend or not. Love one another. This command is spelled out so simply in these three words. And yet it is so hard. But it's not a choice, y'all. And Jesus is not calling us to something that he didn't do. Think about that Last Supper when he was gathered around the table with his disciples sharing communion, which we call it today, bread and wine, and the Passover meal. And then he took off his garment and he wrapped the towel around his waist and he took the basin of water. And as I like to say, he washed 120 dirty man toes all dusty and dirty and messy and grimy and hairy. <laughs> and he stumbled and stooped to that lowest position because he loved them. Do you know that one of those men would just a few hours later kiss him on the cheek and betray him for his life? But it doesn't say that Jesus just washed 11 of the disciples' feet. Or that he treated Judas any differently. Judas was his enemy, and yet Jesus loved him. Who is somebody in your life that is your enemy? Who is someone that drives you crazy? Who is someone that's made your life hard? What Jesus is saying here is if you want to remain in my love, if you want to abide in my presence, then you've got to love that person. And I put this word persevere in there because it's easy to love somebody for a short time when other people are looking. But it's hard to keep loving when they keep hurting. It's hard to keep on loving when they're driving you crazy over and over and over and over again. But what God says is keep loving keep loving, keep loving, keep forgiving. Why? Because he has loved us. And y'all, I don't know your story, but I was a sinner who had sinned horribly against my God, and he gave me mercy and forgiveness and grace that I didn't deserve. And Jesus loved me when I didn't deserve it either. And so what he is saying is, as I have loved you, you need to now love one another. I, I think about a verse in 1 John chapter 2. John writes this, This is how we know that we know him, if we keep his commands. 
This is how you will know that you are saved if you keep his commands. This is how you will know if you are a Christian. You will keep his commands. His command is simple. Love one another. Are you loving people around you? If the answer is no, then maybe today is the day that you need to follow Christ for the first time. Because a telltale sign, the fruit of a life that follows Jesus, is that we're going to love other people. John goes on to say this, if you don't keep his commands, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Y'all, that is powerful words right there. We can be fooling people around us, but God says you are playing this lying game. If you don't love other people, you're lying. But he says this, if you keep my word, the love of God is complete in you. Do you want to live a life that is flourishing? Then we've got to be women who love one another on the good days and on the bad days. Mother Teresa was once asked, how do you love these people? For those of you who don't know her story, she was a missionary in Calcutta, India, and she worked with a people group called the Untouchables. They were the diseased, the lepers, the dying, the dirty, the ones who no one else would touch. And yet Mother Teresa went right in. And she was asked, how do you love those people? And she said, I just picture Jesus' face on each one. And he loved me. How could I not love him by loving his people? And so, ladies, I don't know who in your life right now God's calling you to love, but maybe you could be like Mother Teresa and just picture Jesus' face on them and love him by loving them because Jesus has loved us and we are called to love one another. And so, ladies, I pray that today has been a new glimpse into John 15 of what it means to have a joy that is complete, a life that is flourishing, and a life that bears much fruit. It's going to come through pruning. It's going to come by abiding in his presence, remaining in his love, and knowing that we are dependent on him, and then persevering as we love other people. I want you to get out the little card that's in your bag. At the top, it says response card. We're going to be moving now into a time of an application of how you put this into practice. It's a tiny card, and at the top, it says response. I want you to find this in your bag. If you do not have one, just raise your hand and we're going to get some to you because we want everybody to have one of these. We've got a couple of hands over here. Raise your hand high if you don't have one. We're going to come and get you one. We want everybody to have one. Once you've got yours, go ahead and put your name on the top. The church that you belong to, and if you don't have a church, just put, I don't have one. It's okay. Where's your city of where you're from? What's your email? I promise you they're not going to be selling any of your information. This is just a way to follow up with you.
Keep those hands raised. We've got a few more that are coming. When you have this card, we're going to go into a time that is just between you and God for you to put into practice what we've been talking about. Because we don't want to come to God's word and stay the same. And so he wants us to go away different. And I'm going to lead you through some of these questions at the bottom. We've got a few more cards coming. I see your hands. They're going to get them right now. And as I talk through these things, I just want you to keep your head bowed, looking at your card and talking to God. Because even though we're in a room of 900 women, right now it's you and God. He has come here to meet with you today. He has come to encounter your life today. We have a few more cards coming. Keep those hands up. For some of you, as I was talking, you say, I don't know Jesus. I don't know what it means to have a heavenly father, a God that loves me. I don't know what it means to have a relationship with the God of the universe. If that was you as I was talking, I want you to know that God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to this earth to do ministry, to teach, and to provide salvation. And you and I are sinners, meaning we have done bad things against our God. But Jesus, the perfect, holy, sinless one, died in your place. He took the punishment that you deserve. And he did not stay dead. He rose again and he lives in heaven and he has made the way for us to also go to heaven. And so if that was you today, I want you to check that first line. I'm responding to Jesus Christ for the first time. I want him to be my savior and my Lord. Maybe there's some of you who thought earlier, I am not flourishing. I am barely surviving. But I want to know what it means to flourish in God. That second line is for you. God's calling you to a deeper and more meaningful way of living. Maybe he's been pruning something from your life that you need to give up. Maybe there's been a secret sin that he is saying, get rid of it today so that you can live fully. Maybe there's some of you who say, I want to serve God in my local church, in the nations, around the world. I, I want to do ministry. Check that third box. Maybe he's calling some of you to join him in his work of taking the light into the darkness. But y'all, right in at the bottom, if none of these fits you and there's something else that God's calling you to do, just write it in the bottom. Right now, look at your card. Decide what does God want you to do? Check one of those boxes or write in your own. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray over you. And based on how you checked these boxes, I want you to repeat these words in your heart. If you checked that first one, I want you to say, Dear God, I am a sinner. 
I have disobeyed you. But I know that Jesus died for my sins and I want him to be my Savior and my Lord. If you are being called to give up sin right now, I want you to beg God for forgiveness and give it to him. Repent of that sin. If he's pruning you in some way, talk to him about how you want to remain in his love and trust in his purposes and in his wisdom in this time. If you're sensing a call to ministry, just pray this, dear God, I am yours. I want to serve you however you lead me to do so. Show me your way, oh God. And then whatever else you wrote in, spend some time right now talking to God about whatever that is. Oh God, we give you our hearts and our lives. We give you our plans and our future. We come before you and we say, God, we trust you. We know that you love us and that you have wisdom and a plan for our lives and we want to follow you. We want to have lives that are flourishing and a joy that is contagious. We want to remain in your love and we want to show that love to those that are around us. And so, Lord Jesus, do what only you can do among us today. And may from this place go 900 women who are flourishing in you back into a world that needs it so desperately. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now ladies, right now is going to be a time where you can respond. We have a team of ladies who will be down front and y'all come on down. These are women who are here to pray with you. If you have anything that you would like someone to pray for you about, come down. Grab one of these precious sisters. Maybe God's just calling you to come pray by yourself, and that's okay too. You can come, put your card on this altar, and you can pray. But no matter what, God is calling you to action today. He is calling you to step out in faith. And so there are other precious sisters that are scattered all around this room that have baskets. Find one of these ladies and put your card in their basket. And in a few minutes, we will sing worship to our God. We've got ladies all around. So right now, stand up right where you are. Take your card as an act of worship. Come lay it at the altar. Come put it in a basket, and let's be women who flourish in our lives.
God is working. He is moving. And I'm so thankful uh, that he loves us, that he pursues us. We want to say a special thanks to Tara Dew uh, for your time with us, the way you've poured into us. We love you. We're so grateful for you. Let's give a big thanks to Corey and Stephanie Epps for leading our time of worship. We love you guys so much. Just a couple of quick announcements and we're going to be out of here. If you did not get a chance to turn in your decision card, the bins are at the front. There will be people stationed at the top. Uh, we want to get those cards because we want to do follow-up with you. We want to be intentional. And so you'll be hearing from us as we continue uh, to come alongside what God is doing in your life. We are so excited about the work of the Lord in your individual life and in your local church. We are here to serve you. We're here to partner with you. We're here to um, come alongside what God is doing and it is our privilege and it is our joy. All of the resources that are available through the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, through Arkansas Baptist Women, I can speak also through Arkansas WMU, uh, we want to make those available to you. We want to be accessible to you. So visit our website, visit our social media links, reach out to us as we try to reach out to you and it is a beautiful thing what God is doing here in Arkansas. Biblical community for the glory of God, for the further of his name so that women can know the hope that is available through Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Thank you so much. Now, I do have a fun announcement for you. We do have a date and a location for next year. Remember, we are now going to be called Arkansas Baptist Women's conference. I love it. Oh, it's beautiful to my ears. Just beautiful to my ears. This is what we're going to be called. So be looking for uh, graphics and images. Everything's going to be rebranded. It's going to be so exciting. So we're going to have conference next year. This is how you can follow us on social media. We have a save the date that is in that reel. If we can pull that up. If not, I happen to know it off the top of my head because I do know where I will be next September 21st, 2024. I will be at First Baptist Church Benton. Will you be there with us? That is our question. Now, quickly let me just say, there are a lot of women who are coming to conference, and we're so, so grateful for that. I believe the capacity of First Benton is around 12 or 1,300, so that means you can invite a friend, all right? So remember last year we were at Benton, and I asked you how many of you are coming back, and there was about 600 of you in the room, and now we're at 900. Can you imagine where we'll be this time next year? I want to end with this. We are better together. We are sisters in Christ, loving and serving the Lord. So come along on the journey, my friends. Come along on the journey and just know that your gifting is so appreciated. It is so valued. God loves you and we love you. Let me pray and we'll be dismissed. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you have done, what you are doing what you will continue to do. We give you all the praise, all the glory, Lord, for what has happened in this space, what is happening in our lives. And it is our desire to flourish. It is our desire to abide. So Lord, I ask that you would give us spiritual fortitude, that you would give us perseverance as we return to busy schedules and responsibilities and all the things that go along with the everyday of life. But Lord, through the work of your Holy Spirit and through the application of your word, would you bring to remembrance the truths that we have learned today?
that we can remain in your love and that we can be open to your pruning and that we can surrender and we can persevere, not because of us, but because of you. So Lord, plant the word and may it flourish and grow in us and through us to the glory of God and all of God's people said, amen, amen. See you next year, friends. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.